customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a quick little uh, re- first round recap of the 2022 NFL Draft here on the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Pascalia. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this little mini episode. Of course, the Bills have made their first selection of the 2022 NFL Draft, and they had to move up to do it. Uh, they moved up. Just a couple of picks. They went from number 25 to number 23 to uh, select Florida cornerback Kair Elam, who uh, will come in and presumably give them a very good uh, option to start uh, the beginning of the season and much more than that. We'll get into all of that. But the terms of the trade was the Bills sent away their fourth round pick, which was number 130 overall. And uh, in exchange for, along with that number 25 pick, in exchange for number 23, they didn't get anything on the back end uh, coming back from that. So the Bills get their cornerback. It was a position that a lot of fans wanted them to address. Brandon Bean even alluded to that in his... Uh, in his press conference immediately after the selection and saying, you know, neighbors and and everyone else clamoring for a cornerback, they got one. And now it at least gives them a semblance of, you know, a plan heading into the 2022 season. Now, it's it's a bit of a short-term, long-term pick. You know, I... If you've listened and and read me over the last few weeks, I've been kind of talking about how it didn't necessarily have to be a cornerback in the first round. If they found one that they really valued, great. I mean, go ahead and do it. I think that was that was the whole point of it. But it, they didn't need to force it because they can find that value elsewhere, whether it be on the free agent market because there's still some guys out there or later on in the draft because they still do like, 
Dane Jackson there, and and, he, and Brandon Bean even said it after the fact. But now that they found that that value in Kair Elam, uh, I think for them it just kind of allows them to breathe a little bit at that position because now they don't need to go out and force some of their cap space on a on a free agent uh, cornerback. They still can if they want to, but they don't necessarily have to. They're not painted into a corner at this point. Um, so now uh, getting a guy like Elam, who very impressive when you watch him on film, you know, everyone's going to point to how he performed against Jamison Williams and uh, and Alabama really kind of locked him in. Um, that was just kind of a, a snippet of what he can do, you know, having the versatility to play both press man and zone and, and off man. I think that was important to them because kind of a sneaky thing from the Bills season last year, they ran, you know, comparatively to the rest of the NFL, they ran a lot of man coverage, which, you know, you think of them as predominantly zone and they are, but last year they, uh, they ran in the regular season, the eighth highest percentage of man coverage. Now, it was only, and this is according to Pro Football Focus, it was only 34.6% of the time, and, uh, you know, that it's, it's still a majority zone coverage, but the leader in the league only ran man coverage 45.7% of the time, which is the Miami Dolphins. So the Bills were, were you know, very sneakily up there. So adding someone like Elam, who uh, gives them that versatility to run those schemes, because Levi Wallace wasn't as strong of a fit again in man coverage, and um, you know certainly really sound in resp- his responsibilities in zone, but in man coverage, that's where he tended to get beat a little bit. So now they have Elam, who conceivably can do all of these things as long as he develops. Now, there are some th- some things to his game that uh, that you like from a traits perspective. Six foot two, um, super fast, and, and he can stick with, with just about anybody on the field. So those are those are good assets. Those are good attributes from which to work with. You know, because he's taller, he does have shorter arms than what they normally get, but because he's taller... It kind of mitigates that uh, that that I guess not even limitation, but you know mitigates what they saw to look past the the threshold that they usually go with, which is around 31 and a half, 32 inches for arms. Um, I think you know I think there's probably a, a better way maybe to look at it in terms of like, and and I'll have to do this in the future, like height plus arm length. And trying to find a formula in that way, I think uh, I think that's that's part of it. But I don't know that they're necessarily going to be going to look for a cornerback in the draft in a, in a grand way anytime soon. So Elam is good from those perspectives. The things that he needs to work on, um, you know, just even being admitted it, he uh, he thought that. Um, Elam needs to do a little bit more in terms of consistent tackling. Uh, certainly, 
as our draft expert at the Athletic, Dane Brugler, pointed out, has the eagerness to to um, defend the run, but just a bit inconsistent. And that's where they really need to bring him along because they do like their cornerbacks to be able to to mix in and and be able to put a stop or at the very least force that that runner back inside to the rest of his teammates. As long as there is the eagerness and the intent and the try hard, then you know they can kind of go from there for that. So those are kind of what they're looking at with with him. Um, I did find it interesting that that Bean admitted that Elam was the last guy remaining that they had a first round grade on, which led them into a spot that I, I guess it's like splitting hairs, but the trade up to go from 25 to 23, I mean, it made sense from a value perspective on the Rich Hill trade chart over at patspulpit.com. Uh, they ended up being down by, I don't know, three and a half points on that chart, which is the equivalent of a late sixth round pick. So whatever. I mean, that's that's not that big of a deal. I think the, the bigger point of contention here was whether or not moving up two spots is worth another four-year contract. Because, you know, fourth round picks, it, it, they're not going to like absolutely make everything about your team. But there are examples of, of the Bills since they've been drafting of of fourth round picks that have made good like Tara Johnson is is a prime example so just losing out on that because you didn't want to take the chance to lose out on your final first round grade i don't know that's where you can kind of debate the process there uh, as to whether or not that was a wise decision but like i said that's nitpicking and I do think that Bean kind of deserves the the benefit of the doubt in terms of his first round usage because, you know, excluding Greg Rousseau, who is only one year into his career, uh, so far the other first round hits, first round picks have all been hits. Like they getting to their fifth year option, you know, Allen extending, um, uh, Ed Oliver hitting it hitting his fifth-year option, and it looks like they want to extend him into the long-term. We'll see what they do with Tremaine Edmonds. I probably think that they want to want to extend him long-term. So they, uh, they've done well with the guys that Bean has invested that, that resource into. So that, that's why it's like, okay, I can see why he wanted to do it because he's really strong in his convictions and he didn't want to lose out on the guy. But that said, you know, that fourth round pick not only would have been nice to have for just a player on a four year deal, but also for, you know, potentially angling to move up in future rounds because it, it goes a lot further in like the second round, in the third round. Um, if they really wanted to get a falling value, they, they could have. So I guess it was just kind of like, weighing what what they did and and what bean said is they were scared about someone or some team jumping ahead of of them into the 24th pick to steal elam out from underneath them so i get that i i get i get the nervousness you know i mean i play fantasy football i'm i'm in i'm in uh 
some rookie drafts. I remember my first rookie draft. I'm like, yeah, I, I'll move up a couple of picks. I'll throw 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 a a late round pick at it just just to go do it. So I I get the logic. I think it's just a matter of like trying to you know figure out what process is best with that. But we know Bean is aggressive, so be it as it may. So now looking at this from both a short term and long term lens. Short term, the big reason for drafting a cornerback at a premium resource is because Tredavious White and obviously his his torn ACL and, and rehabbing from that. Um, nothing but positive things have come from the Bills. So it's not as though it's like, oh, they're 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 not they're not optimistic about his chances. It just goes with the general timeline of the thing. Because if he wound up actually having surgery on that torn ACL in mid-December, that puts his nine-month point at mid-September, which is already into the season. And they're going to play it safe with Tredavious White, I would expect, because his long-term health is far more important to them than his short-term gains. And they want to make sure that he they're doing right by him, that he is doing right by him, and that they are able to get him back when he's fully all the way back. So that way, you know, if another injury occurs, it's it's going to happen. But not because of, you know, foolhardiness to try and push it just a little bit too quickly because that's maybe when when you get the the risk of re-injury. So they're going to be careful with that. And so now they have Elam here with Dane Jackson, and I think they they would feel fine with those two guys starting in the interim um, until Tredavious White is fully ready to come back. So if it's four weeks, if it's six games, it's half the season, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, at least they have a backup plan right now. And then once Tredavious White comes back, then it's, okay, who's playing better between those two guys, uh, whether it be Kair Elam or Dane Jackson. So that's what they'll have to decide. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The long-term aspect to it is why... I felt like this was the right year for them to invest in a cornerback. Like I said at the beginning, not necessarily, didn't have to necessarily be at number 25, but some point in the first four rounds. Because Tredavious White, as great as he has been, 
He's entering his age 27 season, and he has four years left on his current contract. And once cornerbacks get past the age of 30, that's when the natural decline begins for a lot of these guys. And it's not it's not a, a catch-all. Like, there are examples of players that go into their 30s and that are successful. But the odds that he will be as dynamic and as effective when he's hitting his age 31 season, which is the year after his contract runs up, you know, th- those those odds kind of dwindle a bit that'll, that he'll be as effective. So by drafting someone this year, and in this case it's Kair Elam, they are getting that player on a cost-controlled four-year deal to pair with Tredavious White's premium four-year deal remaining. So now they, you know, in an ideal world, they have one starter on a low-cost rookie deal, one starter on that on that big-time deal. And once that Tredavious White gets past his prime and he is into the late stages of, of his career, if all goes well with Kair Elam, that's when you can pay him and turn him into the Tredavious White of the situation and then start the cycle again and uh, and draft a corner um, that, that same year. So there is a little bit of a, a long-term aspect to it that, that I absolutely respect and one that I think is super smart. They've got a, a quarterback making an absurd amount of money and it will be accounting for an absurd amount of cap space for the foreseeable future. So having that aspect to it um, kind of covered up where you're not paying two premiums at the cornerback position is a smart one. So whether it was Elam at 25 or someone at 57 or someone at 89, I, th- I thought it was important. But now that what they they got what they view as a first-round talent on that rookie deal. So now it's just all about development, and they've been really good at developing cornerbacks, uh, whether it be you know, late-round guys, undrafted guys, first-round pick in Tredavious White. It's been one of their strong suits, so they're going to hope that they're able to do that again with Kyir Elam and get him to become or live up to all of his potential. The... The one thing I did find interesting is that in terms of tendency, Bean broke out from his usual um, his usual ignoring of that second boundary cornerback uh, spot. It was really only a matter of time that he was going to do it. I think everyone kind of felt like they were going to do it at some point in the draft, but you know, that was the first time he has ever used a first round pick on a quarterback. And that's the first time he has been a part of using a first round pick on a cornerback since he got upgraded into the, uh, I think it was the pro personnel office in Carolina. He's never been a part of it up until this year. So that's a first for Brandon Bean. But in terms of other tendencies, he kind of made the case stronger for a couple of them with, with their first round pick. One of them was with their 30 visits um, visits to Orchard Park. Kair Elam now joins Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, and Ed Oliver as players that they wound up taking that made the visit to Orchard Park. So that's four for four. 
you know, 2020 or 2021 uh, with, with Greg Rousseau, we don't have the answer to that question because the pandemic really, um, they made different rules to where the visits weren't, weren't happening. So 2020, 2021, you know, kind of strike those from the record. So it's still kind of a small sample size because it's only three drafts, but Bean is now four for four. The other thing is there is a strong preference from Bean at drafting players in the first round that are very young. Kair Elam, on the day of the draft, was 20.98 years old. Coming into the draft, the Bills' average of their first-round picks, which was Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, under Bean, I mean, Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Ed Oliver, and Greg Rousseau, was 21.09 years old. And Elam fit right into it. And now the average has dropped down to 21.07 years old. So there is a clear lean with now five examples of preferring youth. Could be just happenstance, but it's batting a hundred percent here. They have never drafted anyone on draft day that is 22 years old or or up. They had some guys turn 22 in their first year, like Josh Allen turned 22 not that long after. Uh, Ed Oliver turned 22, I think, in the late stages of his rookie year. But they have gone young with with their first-round pick. So I find that interesting. So that's, that's something to file away for the future. All right. So uh, the Bills have their first-round pick in Kair Elam. They have their cornerback. Everyone can rest easy. They're going to be getting into the second and third rounds. Um and and then finish uh, that that'll be on Friday and then they'll finish off the whole uh, kitten caboodle on Saturday with picks as of now in rounds five, two of them in round six and one in round seven. And we will see if they take a punter. You all know how I feel about that. All right, so that's when you'll hear from me next. We'll um, we'll go over the whole of the draft, really get. Uh, get a good uh, feel for what they did throughout this uh, throughout this uh, this draft process and see what this roster will look like by the end of it. All right, so thanks everyone for listening to this mini episode. My name is Joe Biscalia. We appreciate you for, for uh, tuning in to the Buffalo Beat and we will talk to you once the draft is complete. See you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.